man Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us on a very special episode of Just Like the Miles. Now you're my own. Um, we are going to be talking about, which I, I don't know if we're ever going to do a movie that's more cult or more obscure than Orgasmo, but we've had a lot of positive feedback from you, our intrepid listener base, about the Trey Parker film Orgasmo. So we're going to... You know, we're going to talk about that and talk about... It should be an interesting conversation because this movie didn't even really get a theatrical release. Which makes it so funny because in the movie, one of the subplots was that Orgasmo becomes this massive crossover hit that's like the third highest grossing film of all time. And then this movie couldn't talk itself out of an NC-17 rating, so it didn't get a wide-scale distribution. And then, if memory serves me correctly... This came out the summer, like, before we went to college, right, Johnny? Like, the summer of 2000? Like, that was when it became available on home video? Your All right, so I'll just start by saying your guess is as good as mine because you guys introduced me to this movie when you visited Connecticut for, like, the first time. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing about Orgasmo is, cur- is one of my favorite comedies, but the first time I saw it, I couldn't stand it. I And then... We were talking about it when we all when we all met for the first time, and then I think we rented it from your spot, Video Island, and we brought it back. <laughs> and then we were all watching it. We were like dying laughing, and like we weren't even drinking when we were watching it. No, we were like drinking like orange soda and eating <laughs> Domino's pizza or something. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, I I mean, it's I think it's one of those things where, and I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it's like you know how much. We both like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, um, and it has those vibes and that feeling and that sort of like um, parody. Uh, well, uh, to be honest, Trey Parker has made a career and made all almost all of his bones on the foundation of lampooning the ridiculousness of the overly machismo 1980s and his fixation on the on the Jesus on the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Yes, he's, yeah. he dipped into that well a couple times now. Mm. Um, but, I, like, this is my least favorite. I, I And I haven't seen the can, uh, Cannibal the Cannibal the Musical. It's funny. Yeah, I, it's I haven't seen that. But <laughs> out of the things I've seen of his, I think this is the thing I like the least. Um, but it's still Trey Parker, and I still just enjoy him. And Matt Stone, too, is, is funny in this. But And and our boy from basketball, of course, Um Dion Bakar. Yeah, Dion Bakar, which I never knew how to say that guy's name until I... Because for this movie, you know, we, we we try to do the required reading, and we try to have a, a discussion that's not just us talking about, like, what we like about the movie and what our favorite scenes are, but, you know, kind of telling you something you might not know about it. Um, try to provide a little edification there, but... So I have no idea what to expect for the yeah, next yeah, well, 45 I mean, we... minutes, 
six hours. I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, right I now. mean, with this one, I mean, like, I, I like, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, like, for example, if we do a Steven Spielberg movie, like, mm-hmm. just to read the Wikipedia article and then the, the IMDb trivia and not do any other research would probably take like a like an hour and a half just to read through those two things once, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, but like this, there was. You know, this movie was... You want to talk about, like, when people misattribute things as cult movies? I mean, this is a cult movie. It's, yeah. you know, like, we had a couple people, uh, you know, write uh, write in, message us on social media, at Just The Movies on Twitter, Just Like The Movies Pod on Instagram, uh, just to get those plugs in there, but... Um, and subscribe to the show, please. <laughs> please. Uh, on all preferred platforms. And if it has a rating system, toss us five stars, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're free and uh, we come at you almost quite regularly on schedule every two weeks and wherever you can find a podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to this right now, if this is like, and if this is like your first episode of our podcast, allow me to apologize first off. Don't apologize yet, man. This could be our best one ever. It could be our could best be. one ever. Well, I um, think with this one, it's it, this movie, it's very different. Because a couple people who wrote in, the reason I brought that up was not just for the stupid plug. But it was also to, you know, a couple people wrote in and they, they had a similar story. It was, they got turned on to this movie somehow. And then they introduced it to their group of friends. And it became like one of the one of the group's favorite movies. And that's that's kind of what happened with us. And it also happened my... Uh, my freshman year, the the wing of the dorm I was in, not that we're doing like a half-assed autobiographical podcast about me, but, you know, mm. like, you're meeting new people and you're bonding over things. And I was like, hey, has anybody seen this movie? And one guy had. And uh, then we were all watching it together. We're all cracking up and we're all like doing the... Because there's so many weird, strangely quotable things from this movie. Being a Trey Parker movie, it's like... it's stra- I, I find it strangely well-written. Just some of the like some of the jokes, some of the things the the the, the characters well, say, the cast, the, the, the gag we reset like constantly was always the Merry Christmas, like <laughs> like trying to pretend as though you were possessing a fart in your hand and then delivering it to somebody's face. The old cup and serve, which apparently yeah. the actor who played a cup learned that from his jujitsu teacher. Because he was like he was like a real martial arts instructor. I mean, because I mean, this is one of those movies like we're not going to have those fun conversations about like what big names turn this down. Because I mean, this was a very small scale production. Are I, you trying to tell me right now, December nineteenth, twenty twenty two, the year of our Lord, <laughs> that Mel Gibson was not up for Chota Boy? Mel Gibson Netflix? was not up for any part in this. Which I I mean, he th- I thought he would have been a great A cup. Personally, actually, he probably he would he probably would have been a dynamite Max Orbison. <laughs> if Mel Gibson got in trouble in the mid '90s, we may have been looking at a Mel Gibson Max Orbison situation, and who knows what that turns into. <laughs> Can you imagine Mel Gibson like delivering a Max Orbison line, like like you tell that fucking choir boy that if he's not gonna be in my film, his friends, his family, his fucking pets are gonna pay. <laughs> and then with the fishes, see? <laughs> well, hello. Um, well, I know, um, they originally wanted Ron Jeremy to play Max Orbison, but I guess they didn't think he was a good enough actor, so they did auditions, and they had that Michael Dean Jacobs guy who was a, kind of a character actor, like, stand-up comedian, like, he doesn't even have a, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry, I don't think. 
I love when you Google him, another guy named Michael Dean Jacobs comes up. <laughs> well, I, I, I think Michael Dean Jacobs passed away. I'm not sure, but I, I, may, I could be wrong. But um, in any event, I mean, with this movie, you're talking about a, like a one. I, Trey Parker said in the commentary, which. He did. He, he died on 9-11. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's 2020. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I should have, I should have specified that. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I was going to say, I thought like Pete Davidson would try to like parlay that into a career or something. <laughs> you, know, well, you know what though? Even if Pete, Pete Davidson didn't like get on with SNL and like develop a career for himself, like he probably would have used that to get women. Yeah, probably. But we're definitely not here um, to talk about that guy and his no. whole. The tabloids no. do that enough with his whole crazy dating history. Um, you know who I think you would be if I had to cast you in this movie? Who I would pick? No, oh, I I can't wait to hear this. Take any guesses at all? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Rogers. Close. Yeah. Stunt cock. Oh, I. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they had a couple different ones. That was the thing. Yeah. There wasn't just yeah. one stunt cock guy. Right. You, know, well, you know, sometimes you just want to shoot the fucking sex and you bring in the stunt cock. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I don't know. See, with this movie, the 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 history behind it's so bizarre because uh, you mentioned Cannibal the Musical, which was a film that Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and their buddies made when they were still in film school at the University of Colorado, I think. And then they did this as a follow-up to it. So that's why, like, G-Fresh, like, the guy who plays G-Fresh, the sushi chef, was in it. He was also in Cannibal the Musical, and they cast him because he was at the sushi restaurant that they used to go to all the time. And and they kind of liked him. Uh, But it took about two years to get off the ground. And it had, uh, according to Trey Parker, it had a $1.3 million budget, I think. And I don't think it came even close to making that back at the box office or on home video rentals. Um, But half the money was put up by this company called Kazooie Productions, I think. And they were basically, they they made porn and they wanted to showcase more of their talent to a mainstream audience. So I think like the ass fuck twins were part of the Kazooie stable, if I had to guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, I it's, mean that's uh... yeah. I mean that's like with all the Trey Parkers because like they had actually done the South Park pilot, but apparently it, it had tested very poorly at Comedy Central. It got a uh, Trey Parker said it got a check minus, so they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up. And then they were they kind of did this movie in the in the interim. Like, they had already, like, I mean, Trey, you know, it's like, it's like any Trey Parker thing. Like, he's the main creative force behind it. He wrote it. He directed it. He was the lead in it. Um, it's, like, I I compare this to, like, The Room because of its, um, <coughs> like, clear, just low-budget aspect. I think it's shot better with better cameras than The Room was. But it's just, it's, like, bad of, bad of a movie, I would say. But, like, again, you know, the Trey Parker element to it, um, like, if this was anyone else, like, I don't know who else, but I, I don't know that I would be, I don't know that we would even be podcasting about it. Well, the but room was completely earnest, and it just turned out to be 
awful, like an all-time bad. Like this movie was made <laughs> to intentionally be bad. It was like no, a, I. It was like I, a, I, a I know porn movie yeah. of like a, a Mormon who does porn, and then there's all these. Um, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, but you know, they're the sati satirizing all the bad action movies and the bad martial arts movies, and then like the porn culture. But they managed to get like some pretty famous uh, adult performers at the time to be yeah. in it. Yeah, um, Chasey Lane, who uh, the Bloodhound Gang actually made a, a song about her. Yeah, yeah, the Ballad of Chasey Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and and certainly a, a bunch of others. And yeah, I mean, you're right about that. The room was, you know, that guy was crying. <coughs> obviously, it's it's gone down as one of the most ridiculous things ever put on film. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because I saw, I looked on YouTube for just like I was like orgasmo interviews let me see if there were any interviews with these guys about this and the only ones i really found that were viable were them when they were making the movie and like trey parker's literally being interviewed as he's in his orgasmo outfit but he's i've never seen him so serious before and i don't know if it's like a double bit where he's like i'm gonna take this interview so seriously but he's talking about how like this movie is a metaphor for people in the Midwest who go out to like Hollywood to become actors and stuff and how they're naive and innocent and they get corrupted by it. And I'm like, if they actually went into this with a theme, I, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, I knew we weren't going to sit here and talk about the message of this fucking movie. Um, it's just more of uh, how ridiculous it is. And, and that almost everybody, there's going to be a couple people who lie and say that they knew this before South Park, but 99.9% .9 of people retroactively watch this because of being fans of South Park or uh, even Team America or what else, uh, other things that they've done. Yeah, it, it's possible that there were people who heard of this movie and checked it out back. I think it was originally filmed in 1996, and it was released in 97. Yeah. But I don't remember ever hearing about it until, like, the summer of 2000. That's when I remember hearing about it, and that was the first time I rented it, and then we checked it out that same summer, and then I remember taking my copy to college with me to really date myself, but... Um, <laughs> and then that this is a movie that I've purchased probably three times over the years because I loan it to people, and they just don't give it back to me. So, <laughs> I've, I've purchased it on VHS and DVD, probably between the two of them, like three or four times. You and have I, this on, on DVD, eh? <laughs> I... I'm the only I'm the only person that's how to do double vaginal and double anal at the same time. Um, when you get to be my age, <laughs> you got to do double anal, or no one will hire you. <laughs> um, well, so that's just a little bit about how the movie kind of came to be, which and that information is not as readily accessible as it is. Like I, you know, a jo do you? Good. I was gonna say, do you find like when you watch this movie? Do you laugh sort of like how I laugh at like gold member bits where it's like you think about us joking about it or are you still in like laughing at the movie itself when the bits I'll tell you what like cuz I have seen this movie a lot and I don't know how many times but I mean we we used to watch this all the time just hanging out at the at like you know in in the dorm like it was a, a very see this movie also has a pretty notorious backstory for me because if I ever invited a young lady back to my house or back to wherever I was staying to watch a film, I would always put this on because within 20 minutes of it being on, because women hate this movie so much that they'll just do anything not to pay attention to it. 
So do with that information whatever you want. But oh, um, I thought it was like a test sort of thing. Like no, if she likes orgasmo, then it, she's a keeper. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't think that three dimensionally, especially back then. Uh, but <laughs> it was just like it was just I noticed that I was like three for three. It was like. Oh, I, I put this movie on. Now stuff's happening. That's cool. Cause I because I don't know any women that like this movie. Like they they the, the are the you f- doing that thing where like you're on the couch and you're like not turning your head but you're like trying to see their reaction by doing the side eye? <laughs> no, because I like the movie so much that I was like engrossed in it. I'd be laughing at all the bits. Like now this time, you know, I, I, it, like I'm so far gone that you know I know what a lot of the stuff is, and it's just it's kind of like just referenced in my daily speech sometimes i just talk about bringing in the stunt cock or like i think it'd be funny if you i don't know how or what the audience would be for this or where you would do this but if you somehow were able to like talk about this movie in some public setting with a straight face as though it was like your piano (laughs) and just talk about it like it's fucking high art oh man and not not even like look remotely like you're kidding yeah, not at all. Especially the se- the one of the scenes that I remember laughing out loud during the rewatch was just when fucking when when uh, Chota boys just interrogating that dude, just hitting him with the dildo, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like just like shoving it in his face. It's just, it's like so juvenile, but it's so funny and like a sight gag, like that, like a dude just getting hit with a ten inch rubber dick over and over and over again. <laughs> I like the bit about, um, like the, they they reset that sort of thing in um, Team America where they like give you shades of a backstory, but they don't give you the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and this one's about how he doesn't want to do hamster style, and he's just sitting there eating his breakfast, and his dad, who looks like Robert Smigel, but it's obviously not Robert Smigel. It's just like, that's nice, son. Yeah, yeah. you think there's going to be some huge, tragic back... No, I promised my father I'd never do... And that, you know, that's that again makes fun of the whole martial arts thing where a guy did some forbidden technique and he, like, killed a guy in the ring and he swore he would never do it again. And it's yeah. like, Dad, I don't think I'm going to do hamster style anymore. That's nice. That's how <laughs> it went down, man. Shit. I still smell <laughs> that newspaper. <laughs> I mean, this movie, and then it has the bit, too, where, I mean, there's a lot of layers, like, people are going to say layers to orgasmo. It's like, maybe Mike is already, like, workshopping his, like, thing he's going to do on the lecture circuit where he talks about orgasmo, like, it's this lost classic. But, you know, you mentioned that, and they, they made reference, that, that's like a reference to, that's, that's like a satirical reference, but then you have the, like, um, it, Trey Parker mentioned that he wanted to make an anti-Skinamax movie where it's just like the movie is just a delivery vehicle for tits, right? There's like yeah. the plot doesn't matter. None of it really matters except that the that the women who are in it have nice breasts. And in this movie, they have that bit where every time a woman's about to get topless, a dude's ass comes right in the frame and then it has that old-timey uh, foghorn. It's like, ugh, that old... <laughs> and then, it's like, either the, that or it's a bass run. I can't tell. No, it's it's like, it, it, because mm. well, the thing is, there's two different versions of this movie, and mm-hmm. there so there there was an unrated one that's actually a couple minutes shorter, and some of the the way the scenes are cut up and the music's different, like in the scene where they're testing out the orgasmerator on people on the sidewalk, like the original movie the original movie has a song by Ween called <laughs> like I don't remember what it's called, but it goes like love. It's such an easy game to play. But in that one, there's just like this this placeholder guitar music 
So, which happens sometimes when you see the, like, the alternate or unfinished cuts of things. Like, one of my favorite stories about that is not from this movie, but um, in Layer Cake, there's this really cool shot where the main character, played by Daniel Craig, is driving up to this really nice country club uh, outside of London. And it's playing the, that song by the cult, She Sells Sanctuary. And it's like, that's such a great song and the way it works with the way he's driving in and the sights and everything. And that wasn't supposed to be the song they used for that. It was, it was supposed to be, it was just a placeholder until they found something that they ended up, they just decided it worked and used it. But we're not here to talk about the cult or layer cake. Maybe someday down the road, we could talk about their contributions to movie soundtracks and things of that nature. I don't know if it's uh, so. I just for for kicks just popped on Rotten Tomatoes to see what Orgasmo was sitting at. I'd say so like to be. I'd say like forty eight. Are you kidding me right now? No. It's exactly forty eight. Is it? <laughs> yes. You know what? I might have read that. I might have read that. Okay, because I, I was going in expecting sixteen oh. or something like like Master of Disguise bad ratings, <laughs> um, but. I have a feeling this is retroactively rated by people who respect these guys for everything else they've done. Because that's, in my opinion, that's high for this movie. Because, um, well, you're saying love it, hate it, whatever. It's not a good movie. Well, what you're saying that so like how so you you usually ask me this? How did so? What was your rewatch like then? It was it was um, <coughs> it was fine. Like I. Like I usually do, you know, once my family's asleep and whether it's on a weekend or whatever, I, I pop it on. And I did two rewatches for this one. One, I was just sort of casually uh, put it on. And one, I just sat down and actually paid attention and watched it. But nothing like, nothing changed how I felt about the movie. It's just been a long time since I've watched it. And I, I just remember watching being like, man, this is pretty bad. This is a pretty bad movie. And I don't know, I don't know that I'll watch it again by myself unless a bunch of us are together again and we're like let's go uh nostalgia for nostalgia's sake and pop this on and laugh at all the uh bits that we love but it's a it's a rough movie it's it's and i'm i love trey parker and matt stone too so that's saying something okay it's interesting because uh, trey parker stated that he found that he had this story where he one of the only people that tr that has ever been portrayed positively in the history of the run of South Park is Robert Smith, who's the lead singer of The Cure. And <laughs> I guess Trey Parker is a huge Cure fan, and uh, one time, it had to have been in the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s, he said he went to a Cure show, and he got invited backstage. And he met Robert Smith, and he was kind of fanboying out a little bit, and, and the guy who brought him back there said he was a huge fan. And he assumed he was talking about South Park. And the guy goes, oh, no, uh, Robert loves Orgasmo. He's seen it like a hundred times. And he, he says that people who like Orgasmo generally don't like South Park and vice versa. So it makes sense that the fan base for Orgasmo is a lot smaller. But I don't, I don't think it's that absolute because I like both things. Now, granted, I haven't watched South Park in a few years. I think it kind of peaked with that whole that uh, gentrification arc that they did. That yeah. it was the first one they ever did that that had continuity between episodes and like the way they made fun of you know the trendy restaurants and housing developments that pop up around them like that whole thing I thought that was I thought that was like one of the best things they'd ever done on that show and I just haven't watched it since 
But I did watch it for like 20 years before that. So I can't say that I didn't like South Park as opposed to... It sounds like, you did, it sounds like you're more of a South Park fan than an Orgasmo fan. I, I mean, it has to be an absurd ratio on more aligned with that than with any other um, combination, right? But I think... I'm not saying I hate Orgasmo. I think I like it for what it is. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my god, this is a classic... Uh, comedy yeah i i think that this movie's definitely this might be the most niche movie we do maybe we'll do something a little more obscure sometime down the road it depends on how long we do this and how deep into the it's like man we've done like we've done like all the big blockbusters from the 80s 90s <laughs> the 2000s and then it's like we're just like diving it's like then then we get i don't know because i, I when we when we first started doing this podcast it seemed like the idea was just to kind of give a take on pretty well-established movies. Maybe once in a while, throw in something that's a little obscure. Maybe get people to take a chance on it, check it out, whatever. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine doing a movie like when you look back on this one, just the presence it had. Because if you ha if you knew somebody, like if you knew somebody like me who introduced it to you, <clears throat> maybe you, it, maybe if you didn't know a person like that, you never would have watched it or you never would have heard of it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people who are South Park fans who have never heard of this movie. Well, it's very possible. It's very yeah. possible. Or if they have, they didn't bother to see it. Because it's probably hard to find um, in most circles. I don't know that it's... I mean, you could buy it on Amazon. So you think people are going to buy this movie? No, you could rent it. on. A I mean, that's how I watched it. I just rented it on Amazon, and it was like this whack alternate cut that I'd only seen like a couple times. Mm -hmm. And then I rewatched the original, but it had the the infamous dr uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone drunken commentary over it. So you got like <laughs> you got some anecdotes there um, from production. That, was that more fun to watch than watching the movie at this point? No, no, because Trey Parker was doing that thing where, like Trey Parker, don't I'm not gonna say this to, because obviously I'm a fan of his and you're a fan of his, but he they were drunk and they were smoking pot and. You know, Trey Parker's always going to try to be the funniest guy in the room when he talks. And he was just doing that. Every, like, he was doing this. Like he, like, he spent half the time making fun of himself. Like, watching himself on screen and not taking himself too seriously. So that's why I'm really interested that you stumbled across an interview where he was just being very earnest. And you couldn't figure out if he was doing shtick or not. Because when he was doing the commentary for the movie... I mean, I think the movie had already came and went by that point. So they already knew like what it was and it wasn't well received or whatever. So but, this was post-South Park success? I think... So, yeah, because the movie didn't... That's what I was trying to establish with that rough chronology. Was the movie was made and on the shelf before South Park got famous. But I don't think it got released until after it had been picked up by South Park and people knew their names that way. Yeah. Because I, I think that's, that's the difference where the interview I saw, I, it, he's in the outfit. So I think it's while they were making the movies, so this is before South Park, you know, they weren't these established successes yet. So maybe it was just more earnest because he didn't have the opportunity or the capital to lampoon himself while he's, literally making the movie that we're talking about yeah you know? I th yeah and then like when a movie's rated nc-17 i mean that's basically the kiss of death i mean that's not that's not going to get picked up by any mainstream exhibitor so you you don't show, have any showgirls oh man are we ever going to do showgirls never never 
Okay. No. Not even as a not even as a goof. Uh, I don't know. Like it's like it's hard to even think about doing that movie because well, it's just that that movie just sucks so much ass. I mean, don't that, don't rule it out yet. Here's what like if there would have to be like hard rules though. It have to well, be like it would have to be like when people try to do open marriages and they try to set up these rules that are like just never gonna work. But like so it would only be like forty five minutes, and we have to come in drunk when we do it. We watch the movie right. drunk and then immediately do do it after. Yeah, and then see I it, just, see if we feel any differently for me about it. To like pictures, spending my time talking about. Dude, and that movie's like two and a half hours long too. Like it's not like it's short. Like usually bad what? movies, they struggle to hit that ninety what? minute mark. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Showgirls, I think was almost two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's the godfather of horror movies. It, I mean, it did have late 90s Gina Gershon in it, though, which is like... It did. It did. Oh, put, no. It's it's an hour and 40 minutes, so you oh, probably saw some kind of director's cut. Or it just felt that long. Yeah. Because I usually I usually don't get running times that that wrong. But I think, yeah, that had to be one of those ones where it's like it just feels like you're in a dentist chair when you're watching it. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, how long have I been watching this shit? And you look at your watch, and like t- 12 minutes have gone by. <laughs> it's funny because... Um, I remember when it was coming out, because I, I had watched, I, I loved Saved by the Bell when I was a little kid, and I remember when it was coming out, people were making the big deal that Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell is going to do this movie where she shows her tits and has sex and stuff, and it was a big, like, this big deal. And this is before Screech did porn and stuff. So, I remember thinking that, and I remember there were, like, you know, we were, like, 15 or something like that when it came out, or 14. And we were all like into like, well, but so edgy to like see like R-rated movies and stuff. And then we're like, NC-17, what is that? <laughs> and we found out it was like more R than R. And that's what, you know, orgasmo is too, of course. So there's, there, there is that, that allure for teen boys in the mid-1990s. And I get that. But I remember like showgirls like, oh, my God, the girl from Save by the Bell. Just, just God, that had to have stuff. sucked for you to watch that movie. With that buildup in your head, and then she finally does the sex scene in the pool, and she looks like a tuna being like hooked up to jumper cables, like, <laughs> like she's just flopping around like a dying fish, and, and she's supposed to be having sex with with Kyle McLaughlin. And it's yeah. like, you know, what we're dangerously close to doing a South a, a Showgirls episode. <laughs> I think we just did it. <laughs> but you know what, dude? I the only way I'm I'm thinking about it now. The only way I'll do a Showgirls podcast. Is if we only do the scenes where she dramatically storms off. <laughs> yeah, but there was like what, fifteen of those? Yeah, about seventeen and a half, I yeah. think. Ugh. And then they get into her like backstory, which is like supposed to be tragic, but then they 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 are like vague about it. That's yeah. why she's so tough. Yeah. Oh man. So orgasmo favorite. How- what's the what's your what's the favorite favorite scene in orgasmo? Oh my god, I wouldn't even know how to pick one. I mean, just mm. some of the, just some of the little moments like that always make me laugh, or just the way it's kind of like a lot of the Trey Parker brand too, because he said that we, we were talking about the NC seventeen rating. He said uh, like, at least I mean, who knows if he knows this for certain? But he said that when they did set the South Park movie, and they had Paramount behind them. They were like, well, we're going to rate this NC-17, but that's okay. You just make these cuts here, and we'll get the R rating so we can get it in the theaters. And Trey Parker said that that was like totally different experience from when he was an independent producer, and he did this movie. They just slapped the NC-17 on it. There was no appeal. There was no arbitration. There was nothing to try to help them get this movie a wider release. And he's blamed 
the T-Rex scene, the infamous T-Rex scene, which was, you know, these guys, they, they just wanted an excuse to put, like, a 300-pound stripper in their movie. And the original one they wanted to use went by the stage name Eartha Quake. But then when they, the time came to shoot the movie, she had lost a ton of weight. So they couldn't mm-hmm. use her, so they found another one. And then Trey Parker did the, you know, did the ADR for it. Which makes it all the funnier when you hear a woman talk like, uh, You want me on top? <laughs> Fudging me. <laughs> Punch me there. Give it to mama there. <laughs> I think, I mean, there are a lot of funny lines in the movie, but for some reason I remember in the rewatch laughing when he goes and they're using the real orgasmo raider. Yeah. And uh, he goes, and one more for Jesus. <laughs> Well, they have a uh, they do have a drinking game that they were playing during the recording of the commentary, where every time they said the words "orgasmo," "heavenly father," or "Jesus," you had to drink. Oh, and I guess I people got very, very fucked up doing that. And then at the end, they decided to leave and go to a strip club. They were talking about which strip clubs to go to that were still going to be open when they left, and uh, like what services were being offered. So that was kind of a funny thing to leave in there because they were doing the commentary with uh it was it was trey trey parker matt stone it was uh dean bacar who played chota boy and then they had a couple of the other guys like andrew kemler who played rogers who was like one of the cronies for yep. max orbison mm-hmm. and uh there was another guy i think the guy who played the other mormon who ended up also having to work like just one of these tiny production stories like he he did his part his part was over and then they had him basically work the craft services table and they had to fire him because he got too drunk and he wasn't like serving people food wait in real life yeah what yeah he's in a bunch of uh like they they use him a lot i guess because i see his credits are a bunch of south park stuff and basketball yeah, I mean, so a lot of these guys were from that, you know, they, they all met in college and they did, you know, they recorded not just Cannibal the Musical, but they did a bunch of little, you know, commercial, like commercial parodies and short films together. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure some of those guys are still employed by South Park Studios to this day because South Park Studios hired, is like, what, 400 employees or something? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And the, yeah, the other Mormon guy um in the movie i guess he's robert white but he played skidmark steve in basketball <laughs> if you remember skidmark steve yeah first you get, first you get the jobs <laughs> then you get the khakis yeah um <laughs> but yeah no i mean this movie like it, it's hard with comedies because especially even if they're if they're all-time classic comedies like Ghostbusters like once you've seen a movie like a comedy movie so many times it's like that punchline doesn't really have any bite anymore because you mm-hmm. only hear the same thing so many times before it like kind of lo- but like like I said I still laughed out loud at a couple things and I enjoyed watching the movie I I thought the alternate cut was a little weird the unrated cut which I didn't even really see what was unrated about it there wasn't more nudity. There wasn't really more sex. It seemed like there was more talking, mm-hmm. and there was more interruptions between the you know the satirical porn scenes. But yeah, um, yeah, and they're like almost everyone in this movie. Like, it's not one of those movies where you're like, and then that can you believe that person went on to become blank? There's really <laughs> none of that, you know. And it's funny because I'm looking up some of the names and like Toddy Walters is like. Um, has helped them she was with them from the beginning with cannibal the musical but yeah that was that um, was trey parker's girlfriend at the time too 
Yeah, yeah, and then they they kept her around for some South Park stuff, and she maybe most notably in their circles would have to be uh, Winona Ryder in South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Right. Um, and she did. I guess she's a singer because she se- seems to do a lot of the female singing stuff. Uh, it, it's for not that she does a lot of them, but most of her appearances with South Park involve singing. So, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this thing about G Fresh, like how they brought him in, and yeah. Know, so it's like it was kind of like a little, like a friend, like a friend shoot, but then they got they got actual porn people to be in it too. Like they got Ron Jeremy and Julie Ashton and Chasey Lane and a um, bunch of bunch of other people like that that were like the, the like the awards presenters when they were at the AVN Awards. I think those were actual. I think one, I, one of them was Christy Lake. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like yeah, we're we're, we're seeing. I'm just seeing how much of my like DJ flag I should let fly during this. It's like how much. It's like how much stuff does Mike know about porn? I mean, I read <laughs> I read a lot of it, but I mean, I I definitely know who Chasey Lane is. Sure, you should. Sure. Every yeah. every red red blooded American boy between a certain age should know who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jill Jill Kelly. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, she was the nurse at the end. And then Lloyd Kaufman from uh, Trauma Films was the doctor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? Did you have, you have a favorite scene that jumped out at you? I mean, I, I did. Like I said, I did laugh when he said one more for Jesus. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> I, the A-Cup stuff is very funny. The fart delivery, mainly because it makes me think of uh, us when we were um, way more immature. Mm. Um, but... I, I don't know I the G, oh Jesus and I love you um, but also maybe the uh, the old lady telling them to go fuck themselves yeah like, which was quite an ordeal I don't know if you stumbled across that at all they like it, that was he says if you notice it they had a, it's like eighty cuts because it took took them hours to get her to say those lines right because she didn't want to say them yeah. I did not know that. Because back then, I mean, I, 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 even now, I mean, that's how Betty White had her like second act as a performer, second or third act as a performer. Was she just as like like an old lady just being, just swearing and being funny? Yeah, and people right. like people were like, oh my god, she's so old. It's so funny. Yep. Oh, yep. I guess there is a certain amount of humor to it, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and, and Matt Stone is really funny in this too. Like you can't forget that. Like he doesn't have a lot, ton of lines, but. He does, uh, you know, a lot of um, when he's screaming, you know, you can just tell like that's Kyle's voice in South Park before they dial up the speed on the track and and uh, turn the tone up. But oh, <clears throat> like when he's like, let's see some fucking action. <laughs> you know? Well, they based you know? that off. So when they were doing the movie, they were they were like sitting in on porn shoots to like do research. But <laughs> of course, like. I guess I don't know I, I, I never thought to invite myself down to a porn shoot but like they're not just gonna let you stand around like they made you they made them like hold boom mics or like do something else to help out and um, they were saying it's like yeah being on a porn set's really cool for like the first two minutes and then it's just terrible <laughs> and well the reason I brought all that up is because they met a guy who was actually a sound guy on one of the porn shoots and they based that Dave character off of this other dude they met and I think I, I, when I was listening to the commentary I thought his name was Dave Stotch so I thought that's where they got the name for Butters from South Park but uh, I, I don't think it was I think it was Dave Stotts or something uh, 
<laughs> and there's like like the one gangster with the blue jacket. He was like a he was a guy they wanted to use his house, so they gave him a part in the movie. Like his like Max Orbison's house, I think is that guy's house. So that's oh. a, I can't remember his character his actor the actor's name I think was Joseph Arsenal or something. And uh, so they, that's how he got to be in the movie because they wanted to use his house. <laughs> this is so funny. Like I'm trying to look at the cast, dude, and it's like. That, that Andrew W. Kemmler guy who plays Rogers, his photo when you Google him is Trey Parker. <laughs> yeah, or like or the, the girl who plays Lisa was somebody that they liked from a Disney commercial and they thought it'd be funny to get her to say cock on camera. Like Yeah. Just a lot um, of them. I, I and you're I think you're right. I think once South Park took off a lot of they could be a lot more kind of flip about the production of this like that they didn't take it so seriously yeah and, no question about it i mean like trey parker at one point like during the commentary talks about it how he ba- he's like he, people said that it, this whole movie was just an excuse to get his friend dean to wear a dick on his head the entire time <laughs> and he's <laughs> like he's like and then he he tries to you know he does the whole swerve thing where he tries to downplay it where he's like you know, I yeah, I spent two years of creative energy and over a million dollars on this movie just to get my friend to wear a dildo on his head, and that is absolutely true. I absolutely did. <laughs> Speaking of swerve, I kept expecting Lisa to be like some kind of stripper or something. Like I thought that was gonna be like a swerve. They got when her dad kept coming to pick her up for choir practice. I don't know why I thought that. I thought that'd be like some weird like third act thing they would do. I kind of thought so too. I, I I maybe created a false memory about this movie where I thought that she turns into like this giant slut at the end or something. No, they just I, have they just have like a really like free like a really tongue out make out at the end, and everybody's like, oh, they're getting freaky, and like no one expected yeah. it because they're Mormons. But that's as far as it goes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, yeah, I don't know what I, I forget what I was thinking about, but it was definitely something else. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I'm looking at uh, it. Dean. Is this, that's how you pronounce the name? Yeah, Dian? that's how they kept saying it in the stuff I was watching. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like, like Ian, I, but with a D on the front. I just looked him up on Twitter, and like the guy, he's like you know unverified on Twitter. He only has a, like a thousand followers, and he's like been in like South Park and stuff. And this <laughs> guy just has like he's just there, and, you know, he's just doing his thing and i i love him in basketball i think he's amazing in basketball and the way the way they utilize him there basketball is clearly a much better movie than orgasmo oh uh, see i i don't agree with you on that really no i'm oh. not i'm not with you on that because i think orgasmo just has so many more like like i mentioned it has layers right and, and you're and you you're already making fun of me but the way it makes fun of action movies, porn culture, like all the all the little in jokes they make, the little quotable lines, like talking about bringing in a stunt cock and just fucking like little like I don't know. I I bet there was a this definitely isn't a movie that has mass appeal, but you know the people who people who've seen it are pretty passionate about it generally. Like they enjoy it. They like like just doing the little bits back and forth and. All that stuff. I never win as Orgasmo for Halloween. I don't know. I don't. Even, I probably have to get that costume custom made. That would probably, yeah. That probably cost as much as the movie probably cost to make. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think it would cost one point three million. But I. What did they spend the money on? Is what I would like to know. Well, 
I don't know. I mean, like 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 Kevin Smith made Clerks for like thirty thousand dollars. Right, but that was like one location. Very few actors that were that were working basically for nothing. Like they paid everybody. They had all these. They, they had to pay all the porn people. They had to pay you know the crew. They shot in multiple locations. They staged action scenes. They choreographed fights. We didn't really talk about that at all. Like Trey Parker being young and in shape and like doing like Taekwondo. <laughs> I, I yeah, know. I mean, yeah, that, that yeah, that's definitely impressive. I but I wonder if like half the budget was used on like booze and cocaine or something i mean it's pot like with, with a with a like like a small scale production you'll never really know but i mean they i think it's a lot harder to well have you ever heard of that movie monos the hands of fate it's like one of the all-time bad movies it's always on it's <laughs> always like number one or number two on the worst movies of all time list it was on <laughs> they did a mystery science th- theater 3000 episode about it i had a guy actually tell me that the only reason that movie got made is because the guy who starred in it and also produced and wrote it and directed it. I can't remember his name, but he was a fertilizer salesman. And he he was having an argument with somebody about how hard it is to make a movie. And he goes, it can't be that hard. And they had a bet. And that's why he made that movie, because he had a bet with another guy. And he made it for, he made this whole movie for like $60,000. But granted, it was <laughs> fucking dog shit. But... <laughs> So for, you know, over a million dollars and you have people who nobody nobody was really names. I mean, except for the, the porn act, actors, but I mean they, they probably work for relatively cheap. Uh, I in part of those interviews about this, which uh, it's it's all in one video and it's eight minutes and it goes back and forth between <coughs> Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and that guy Dean is uh, interviewed too. But Matt Stone's also very, like, just answering these questions seriously. It's almost like they were honored that they were being interviewed for something they were making. Like, whereas today, it would probably be more like that commentary you're talking about. But And I remember Matt Stone just talking about how, like, whoever was interviewing him didn't really connect the fact that they were, like, partners more so than just, like, he was in this movie or involved. So he's like... He's like, yeah, I've been with Trey for about five years now. And he's like, you know, he had this idea bumming around for a long time. And um, I, I always thought it'd be a, it was a clever idea to sort of, uh, you know, lampoon the adult industry this way and blah, blah, blah. And he's just, you know, talking about it from what he liked about it and, and that sort of uh, producer mindset that he really has now where like Trey, Trey's the more of the creative driving force and he's more of the like, let's get shit done uh, side of things. Um, and they work they work great together on that but it's just so weird seeing that those interviews which are probably the most serious interviews I've ever seen them do and it's about this fucking movie <laughs> well think about this so it seems like this movie didn't really go down as smooth as you would have hoped but think about what, do you think it would have been better or worse if it was a musical better do you think it would have been better interesting yeah because I love I love the music he makes that's and true. Would, That's true. Like if you think, like take the opening song to the movie and how f- <laughs> that might. That's the you know what? That's the funniest part of the movie. For me. <laughs> that song. And I'm not saying that to be flippant in terms of like because the movie's so bad. I only like the beginning. The that that song is really funny and catchy, and I I it made me think of like when you and I used to laugh about the other songs that they've used. 
from other people like like the Paul Stanley live to win. <laughs> oh my, dude! My favorite thing when they when they when that episode came out, the World of Warcraft episode, I would like go up to people I knew and I would pull that song up and I would be like, "Guess when this song was recorded?" People would always be like, "I don't know, 1984." I was like, "Last year, <laughs> <laughs> like 2006." <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Live to Win by Paul Stanley of Kiss fame. For any of our listeners who have not heard that song, don't know about that song, or haven't watched that World of Warcraft episode of South Park, which that song plays over the montage of them training to get better to beat the neckbeard at the end of the episode. So um, check out that song, though. It's probably on Spotify. I think it is, or YouTube, or whatever. And me and Mike would uh, always have a good time pretending to... Remember, I would do like, my air drumming for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. But it's like that, the opening scene from Orgasmo, the song Now You're a Man, which, um, you know, we usually start our episodes off with uh, uh, movies by Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm, so far, they haven't found us out yet, thankfully. But uh, if you heard at the beginning of the episode, that's the song, Now You're a Man. And it's uh, it's just very spot on Trey Parker and uh, it's funny that they named their band that they have so to speak after the d- d- double vaginal double anal from this movie um, DVDA um, but and uh, you know what's funny though Mike I can't find that song anywhere on like Spotify or anything like that like their version of it I had to get it on YouTube yeah yeah dude that happens sometimes like with, with a movie like this like there's this there's this movie called stealing candy that I saw one time and it had the cast was this guy named Alex MacArthur who he was in a couple things in the, like the 90s but I can't really like remember what else some random like like Hollywood like prototypical Hollywood starlet that never got famous like blonde fake boobs fit um, and it also had Coolio and Daniel Baldwin in it and Jeez. it just had this song in the beginning, and I always try to find it, and it's just nowhere to be found. Like, if I ever want to find that song, I'm just going to have to track down a copy of Stealing Candy and just rip it myself from the DVD. Which... Yeah, it's it's strange that that happens, because I remember um, not too long ago, and I hope we do this movie one day, but I wanted to listen to the version of Degenerated from Airheads. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's got to be on Spotify. And it's just not. So you have to like go to YouTube and get it. Um, but it's like some, yeah, it's so strange when some cert- certain songs, I guess we just take it for granted that things are so accessible now. It's like, I can't believe Spotify doesn't have that song from me listening for free, man. Well, you know? we didn't even really talk about the Max Orbison character at all. Like one of the things that's, that struck me watching this was why did he care so much? Like what they never what do you think there was like a real inspiration for him because it was he wanted to make this legitimate action porno right and he he cared so much about it that he was like bullying everybody and and, and like he, he pays him this exorbitant amount of money to be in it I don't I just didn't know like what his motivation well, was so I, I think it was just he thought he found something like almost like you know uh a director discovering Leonardo DiCaprio or something, you know? And he's like, I found a star. This kid's going to be a star. I'm going to make him a star and I'm going to get rich off him sort of thing. Probably like the fucking creepy guy who made all those boy bands. Ron Perlman, I think his name was. I think Lou, Pearl- Lou Perlman. Lou per- oh, Ron Perlman's the actor. Sorry, yeah. Ron Perlman. Yeah, Lou Perlman. It's like that, maybe. You know, it's like this creepy <laughs> dude 
who uh, thinks he could just like exploit somebody and make money off them. I think that's all it was. And he didn't even like really pay him until he paid the price at the end. Like he, he kept saying, he kept brushing him off. That's why when he kept increasing the money to get him involved, he didn't mean any of it. it well, he did to... give him the check when he came to the party. Did he? Yeah. Oh, because I, I thought he... Cause yeah, the, par- the, pa- the party with Los Naked Mariachi. Oh, uh, yeah. So ooh, you didn't... Ooh. So it sounds Very like reminiscent you... of Depeche Mode. <laughs> I don't want to sound like queer or nothing. Yeah, but... Uh, the, so I guess watching it this time around, like the whole... Just the retinue of side characters and little bits, like none of that really did anything for you, huh? You just didn't really enjoy it that much. Not really. Um... I mean, like I said, I thought Matt Stone was funny. Trey Parker's always funny, no matter what he does. And I liked his... He's very good at parodying cheesy things that were made earnestly. Um, like, when, when uh, Chota Boy, which his name's Ben in the movie, right? Yeah. He's at the end, and he pulls up in like that ridiculous car, and he's like, so I guess this is it, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know... Yeah, I think it is. And he's turning his head to the side and nodding like this. I'm like, that's like out of those stupid, like, not th- those like those drama, TV drama shows that your mom always likes, you know? Like, and he like nails that stuff and he knows how to lampoon and parry that stuff. So I like that. And so at the top, it's always going to be those two guys because, you know, we love those guys, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So you're almost like, um, you feel like this sense of loyalty to them, even when they make things you don't really love. And, yeah, you know, like I, about you bands know, I like too. I'm like, come on, you can do it. You can still do it. You know, like, did you see Book of Mormon? Uh, no, no. See, because I don't, I don't think this is going to be a very popular opinion. But I think part of it because, like, when I live, I used to live in D.C. and they came, they brought a production there, and I told people I was going, like, just making conversation. People be like, oh, what do you do? What are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, I got tickets to see Book of Mormon. And everybody I, everybody I asked or said that to said it was like, oh, my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. Like, you're going to laugh so hard. It was, it, was, it was weird. And then I went and saw it, and it just didn't live up to those expectations at all. Like, the so- like, it's like, it's like you said, the songs were really good because, like, I'm not really a big musical person, but I do like Trey Parker musicals because I think his songs are funny, and I think they're really well made on top of it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't really see... Like, it was a good experience, because I don't really do live theater a whole lot, but uh, I, I just, I, like, if you compared it to, you know, the best the best South Park episodes or whatever, or the South Park movie, I, I didn't think it was as funny as that. But Yeah, I know it's it, it, it won awards, and it's uh, very popular and stuff like that, so I don't know. I'd have to see it for myself to... to determine that so maybe one day i just sometimes broadway tickets i'm like those prices are outrageous i'm like i have to really want to go see something because then you're fully invested you're taking a train in you're probably getting a hotel dinner well yeah but if you do it yeah it's a production but if you do it you're actually getting the broadway experience because you would go to manhattan like oh yeah yeah, i yeah like especially now i would have to wait for like right now they're doing this run of hamilton that's coming to the play like Playhouse Square, and it's just like I would. It's like I don't know what. If is that the C team they're sending? Is that the D team that does Hamilton? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not that I'd ever see yeah. Hamilton, but I mean, I was just a, yeah. that's just an example of like what Cleveland gets when the when the shows go on tour. 
<laughs> like, I think even DC didn't get, like, the original cast for Book of Mormon. I think it was, like, the understudies or something. Somebody who understands more about how theater works or musicals, hit us up on Twitter yeah. because I, I, don't, I don't know for sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for people to play those roles. Like, you can get Johnny Manziel to be a lead. Uh, you can get Baker Mayfield maybe to do a supporting hey, role. Hey, ba say what you want about Baker Mayfield. That guy won a professional football game on 48 hours notice. Colt McCoy. Um, no, yeah, I know. Um, and my Giants won, so that was cool. Oh, did they? Yeah. I, was that the night game last night? Yeah. Oh, did they play Washington? They did, uh, in Washington. Good. Good. Took the dub, yeah. So the Giants are set up for a potential playoff spot. Um, I don't expect much out of them, but uh, they're finally trending in the right direction. Um, so, <coughs> off of football, back to uh, round this out. You know, um, we're already coming up on an hour, and I don't know how long in the tooth we're going to get with this one. But um, I, I don't know that this movie is something that I would... Like, if someone was like, oh, man, I just started getting into South Park, what else would you recommend from those guys? I would go right to Team America first. Yeah. And then I would go basketball. And then I would go... I would tell them, like, I've heard Book of Mormon's good. I haven't seen it. but And then I would say, like, Orgasmo's, like, off its rocker, but it has, like, the roots of that humor. Like, it's... This has the, the DNA of South Park in it. You know, it's 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 there. It's not like this weird thing where, you know, there's a band you like, and like when they first started out, they were like a completely different type of band or something like that. Like this is, this is Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, to a T. Um, so I, I'm not saying that. It's just if I had to make my greatest hits or top three for these guys, this wouldn't make the slot. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it was like I mentioned, not that you know our personal. Well, people do listen a little bit just to get our opinion and our personal experience, but it's not like it defines anything. But like I mentioned, I hated this movie the first time I saw it. I don't I know. I don't know what gave me a, like why I watched it a second time. I think it was watching it with you guys, and it was like there was a better vibe in the room. So I'm pretty sure for the first time I watched it, I just watched it by myself, and I didn't get it. I guess. Maybe that was it. Maybe I didn't really get it. It was because yeah, because I guess Ron Jeremy didn't get it. Like he, he when he was doing his interviews, he he said Trey Parker told him that all the time. He'd be like, "Why is there a scene where I'm getting kicked in the face and my face comes apart like it's a dinner plate, and then in the next scene I'm fine?" And he would just say to him, "You know, Ron, you just you just you just don't get it, okay? You just don't get it, do you?" <laughs> um. Yeah, so, and what's the runtime on Orgasmo? I think it's like 95 minutes. I mean, that's like. pretty pretty long, I would say, you know, for, for this type of movie. I mean, it's not two and a half hours like I thought Showgirls was. I mean, I definitely, yeah. did, I definitely didn't think this movie was two and a half hours when I was watching. No, it was, it was no, a yeah. Pretty brisk rewatch, you know, pretty pretty clippy, but it has like a, it has a plot. It has like kind of a resolution, and it, you, then you have Trey Parker making fun of himself for introducing characters in the third act. That's how we get Sancho. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> and I love how Sancho is enamored. Like he he's enamored with himself, but then when he meets Orgasmo, he's like starstruck. <laughs> oh my god, it's Orgasmo! I am. Sancho. He's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you get the off camera. I am Sancho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it definitely has its funny moments, and I do like the 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 fact that 
um, they could have went the easy route and just made this a tit fest and they did the exact opposite and they're like no we're gonna piss off the horny guys and every time that you're about to see that you're gonna get a dude's hairy ass Dude, in your face. yeah and and the way that even the porn actors were kind of making fun of porn acting was real like like when like when Julie Ashton is doing that first scene and she's like, "Yeah, baby, you got me so horny." <laughs> oh, good, because I'm so badly wanting it. <laughs> Chasey Lane's like, "If you don't tell me where Gasmo is, I'm gonna screw you to death." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know. Those are the little moments that, that made this movie funny for me. I don't know, like I and like I I guess I just enjoyed it a lot more. I mean, granted. It's been a long time and, you know, a lot of it. But it's just the way I, I was like a missionary for this movie. Like, I showed it to all kinds of people. And then. The, the, well, yeah, it, which is ironic because that's what the movie's about, really. But, yeah. Um, I do. I, I do have to say I like that they just decided to go completely fantastical about it and they had Ben be this like genius who actually made a real <laughs> ray gun that makes you jizz in your pants. Because then. Because then when you think about like f- like other skits that have become popular over the years, like the Lonely Island doing that jizz in my pants thing, that seems to me like a complete ripoff of this. Man, that, because, I never made that connection. Yeah, because you're just seeing someone go like, oh, ah, you know, and, and, and they do that. Like if you look at the montage of the scene where like you brought before, where they're in the street and they're just hitting an old lady with it. They're hitting a cop with it. And then the cop like starts humping that dude's ass. <laughs> And then, like, all these random people they're hitting with it. They may, I think they hit a dog with it. I don't remember. Yeah. But it's like, you, then you watch that Lonely Island video, and it's like, this, is the same, this might as well be in that, you know? So I think they, at least maybe not deliberately, but it's clearly, it, you know, Simpsons did it when South Park made fun of itself, but um, Trey Parker did it. Yeah, I dude, I ne- that's pretty cool. I never, I never thought about that. Maybe that was the inspiration for jizz in my pants. But uh, yeah, if Orgasmo like, gave us anything, yeah, it gave Andy Samberg a three-minute bit. Like, it, it, it is funny though. Like you mentioned, it's just another thing that they're making fun of with movies. Is like the guy's like a secret scientific genius who just does porn because he has an over hyper sex overactive sex drive, and then he has a bunch of penis-themed sex toys, especially made sex toys. And I love how every time, so like Orgasmo would bust through, with like the victim or the bad guy would be like, "It's Orgasmo," and Chota Boy would have to introduce himself. <laughs> and Chota and Chota Boy. Every picture they take of him when he's they, they have the montage of him on all the covers of bag. He looks horrified in every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. And and neutered man being a character in in the movie, it just doesn't Orgasmo have the, it doesn't too. have the soul of the original. <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes, see, <laughs> man. Oh, well, I'm um, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. This one didn't go so well for you, man. I, uh, I, I mean, we I'm had, still having a good time, man. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. maybe it's one of those movies where it's like. It's kind of like if I try, like I never saw the Goonies. It's like one of those big movies that I never saw, and if I tried to watch the Goonies now, I don't know how I'd react to it because it's like yeah. I'm basically half dead. Like, what am I gonna watch this kids movie for? Like, what am I gonna I'm get out of it? Half dead? What do you mean you're half dead? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. Try try to be morbidly funny. Went went too far to the other side. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> tends to happen. But um, like I don't know with this one, I still I still laugh at all the. I guess we're just kind of far apart on this one. I don't know. Like I I like basketball too. I'm not gonna shit talk basketball, but I don't think it's funnier than this. Oh yeah, I guess we're gonna disagree on that, but that's okay. It's all it's all in that same. Um, I'm under that same umbrella that we love anyway. But. Yeah, and, you know, discussion like this, I mean, we're not talking about... I, I, you're not talking... Even even within the Trey Parker, Matt Stone catalog of work, I mean, I don't... This isn't, like, an essential thing, right? No. And this movie didn't really have... <laughs> like, besides the jizz in my pants connection that you made, I'm not sure... You know, this movie was so, so obscure... Like came and went so much, and it's like such a cult. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Fuck it. Why do I even talk? Why I? <laughs> All right. Mm. Be- because it came. Yeah, it came yeah. and went. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, the more the Mormon thing, maybe maybe Book of Mormon was inspired a little bit. Yeah, you. Know, yeah, probably. I mean, but like that, the Book of Mormon seems like it would have happened anyway. And then yeah. Trey Par- uh, Matt Stone, I think, said that one of the reasons they made the South Park movie a musical was because they wanted to do this as a musical, but then they didn't for some reason. I would have loved to have seen an alternate version where this was a musical. Because I'm not the biggest musical fan. Um, I like some. Um, <coughs> like, I know they're making that Joker 2 a musical. At least that's the rumor. Oh. Which I don't know how what I think about that. that but, oh, man. I don't know. But... But like this, like again, the opening song I I think is so funny and I love it so much. And I think the funniest part of it, which makes me laugh the hardest, is what makes a man is that the woman in his arms (laughs) because she has big titties (laughs) or or is it the way he fights every day? No, it's probably the titties. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's really a statement about capitalism if you think about it. It is. Yeah. True. So yeah, yeah see, I'm already working on that that lecture I'm going to do about orgasmo, where <laughs> you know the, the see, you just don't get it, man. Because men men are men are judged by their perceived success in a lot of the ways that that's perceived as like the the, the aesthetic quality of the women that they attract. So right. therefore, right. now right, I already I already hate myself for just that little tangent. <laughs> All right. So I mean, Let's, we talked uh, about you know we talked about all the so- like you know you have the you have the you have the, basically the the kind of the buddy story with uh, Orgasmo and Chota Boy, which is like Dick Boy or like Fuck Boy or I don't know what the inspiration yeah, for Ch- Boy, yeah. for Chota was, but uh, like I heard, I read a, I read and saw a couple different things, and then you've got like the you know the wet blanket girlfriend and uh, did you oh this was kind of interesting did you know that the so. You know the whole Leanne story, right? With Trey Parker. Leanne. So, his he was engaged to this girl named Leanne when he was in college. And she left him for an insurance salesman. So that's why he makes all these references to Leanne. Like, that's why Leanne Cartman is a huge whore. Like, Cartman's mom <laughs> is a huge whore because... <laughs> This this Leanne girl broke his heart when he was you know in when he was in his early twenties, but she's actually in this movie too, which I think is kind of weird. Like she was still helping him out or whatever. Like she she was one of the girls that gets hit with the orgasmo raider when the two are walking down the street together. I think she's the one on the right. Oh jeez. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knew that story, but I'm sure I'm sure a handful of people listening knew that story already about 
uh, Trey Parker's early love life, like how he makes those those little references to. Leanne I didn't know and, that. Yeah, that's an, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so the, something about yeah that I think everyone wishes they had one of those stories where like, you know, they go through a bad breakup or like they have a falling out with somebody or they get fired from a job and it's like I'm gonna show you. You know what I mean? Like one of those like things. And he he has that. Yeah, I mean, she probably was like, she probably was like, you're just making your stupid little movies and they're not going anywhere. And like 99 times out of 100, she'd be right. And she was just wrong this time. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And that gambled wrong. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I actually think like when you talk about this movie, it's it's almost as interesting to talk about just the all the relationships between the people that were in it and you know like and how you mentioned how like a lot of them just aren't doing shit now but uh <laughs> uh you know i i still uh you know i i don't know for some reason orgasmo just become like part of my little parlance like one of my friends he'll just like he loves this movie so much that it's like he'll just make little like he, he's he just thinks every little thing is funny like when like the part where Jizzmaster Zero's goons come in and they're wearing tidy whiteies and domino masks, but they're wearing like the they're wearing like the dress socks with the shoes. And it's like, <laughs> you heard our evil boss. Now you're gonna get some. Like but that feeds into the whole thing about like Trey Parker's direction, how he like like I saw him like giving giving acting notes to one of the guys and he was like I, he's like, This is the line you have to say, but I want it to be like Chuck Norris bad. Like so, like I know you think the movie's not that great, but I I think it, one of the things with Trey Parker that you said and I've said too, well you more, but is the fact that with him you never know like where the bit is, like you don't know yeah. like w like when to take it seriously, when not to take it seriously, and it's a little mm -hmm. bit of both, and it, it, it like makes it really interesting and like and again I still stand by the the side characters and the. Just the little moments that crack up, that crack me up. Like, just for some reason, when when they're in the nightclub, which, by the way, you know, looks like no nightclub you've ever seen. It looks like, but <laughs> you know, that's low budget production. But it's just when when they when when Chota Boy jumps off the the balcony, he's just like, "Look out, fuckers!" And then he just like he runs runs by and he sees that girl's ass and just starts like grinding on her and smacking her ass. And it has the <laughs> stupid sound effects in it. This movie's loaded with stuff like that. And we're not gonna yeah. do like every little moment I like and every little scene, but I guess I guess the the point I'm trying to make is that just it just didn't age that well for you. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I mean I never loved it as much as you did. I got more of a kick out of how much we all sort of like collectively laughed at it, and that's like my lasting memory of that it was us being, you know, seventeen, eighteen, or whatever, and and watching this movie and 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 watching it through the lens of like knowing how funny the South Park guys are and hearing their voices, and thinking about Stan Marsh or thinking about, you know, Kyle's dad or even the kids or whatever, and like just putting those. Um, like that that funniness all together like if I had watched if South Park didn't exist and this movie just existed and we watched it I don't even know if we would watch it like you know so it's all sort of this retroactive element to it um, more so than um, it on its own for me um, so it's not that I'm like oh man they really just this just sucks and I hate it it's just like yeah, it's it's our guys and I you know, Trey Parker, if I had a top five of people I'd love to hang out with and like have drinks with or, or whatever and, and laugh my ass off, he'd be on that list uh, without question. So 
it's always going to be one of those things where I'm like, I still like it because he, he made it. But yeah, I definitely don't like it as much as you did, but that's okay. I had fun talking about it. Yeah, you, you just seem like you just want to set the record for our shortest episode and just kind of move on. <laughs> but I mean, with this movie, like I said, it's... I think we talked a lot of a, a lot of interesting stuff about the production and the cast and all like how it came like but I mean this a movie like this I mean there's it's it's just not it's it's just not going to be as big of a like a target as the other movies we've done like even like yeah, the, it, yeah it's short it there's not a lot of trivia to it or factoids um and it's no it's Mel Gibson not, consideration no, none whatsoever and there's no like obviously like crazy plot to dissect and that sort of stuff and you know so it's very and and again the actors usually we like we like to talk about you know where people have gone on since then or who else was in consideration it's just like none of that stuff is here with this movie <laughs> so you know we're about an hour and 10 in and i feel like we were able to spend a lot of time directly on it aside from uh our showgirls tangent or whatever yeah but, talking about musicals i'm talking about musicals yeah yeah, yeah. All right, so we've got the holiday. This is going to be our last last episode of 2022, which is oh, yeah. uh, you know, and then we got we've got uh, we've got Hanukkah coming up. We got Christmas. We've got Kwanzaa. We've got the Bear Gods Winter Solstice. We have all that stuff going on for the holidays. You got any good plans with your family? I'm sure. <clears throat> um, just our standard stuff like we do Christmas Eve with uh, my family, Christmas Day with Kathleen's family, and. Um, not traveling too far. How about you? Um, not sure yet. Not haven't really finalized any plans. I'm still uh, still feeling a little under the weather, so um, I'm not sure if I want to be attending any social events or not. You know, because everybody, you don't want to be like just passing around the same stuff. But well, no, maybe maybe it'll be fine. Maybe I'll be fine by then. I'm not sure. I just haven't been able to shake this like random cold or whatever I've had. But uh, the reason I brought up the holidays is because I wanted to wish everybody who's listening a happy. Happy holiday season. We hope uh, it's yes. not too stressful for you. We hope you enjoy your time with your family, your friends, and get some good gifts. Give some good gifts. Sometimes the joy is in giving great gifts. But um, and we, and not only that, but that we appreciate you guys sticking with us through the entire year and listening and giving us feedback. We do. We read. We read all of it between the two of us, and uh, we like to. T- we like to take some of it to heart, and some. And sometimes it's just funny to get like put on blast, like for not realizing that the Use Your Illusion albums came out on the same day. Um, <laughs> Did someone correct us on that? Uh yeah, yeah. Our oh. uh, our favorite. Uh, Australian Canadian back to Australian transplant did that but um he's like I'm sure somebody else gave you shit for this it's like nope just you man but (laughs) but we really appreciate you guys listening to us and we hope to see you more next year and uh in the years to come but we hope you have a happy holiday season we're gonna we're gonna take off until 2023 when we're gonna talk about what Johnny we are going to talk about a movie I've been wanting to do for a while now um and I think the time is. Is right, it Showgirls? It it is. But, no. Yes. Um, finally. <laughs> uh no, we're gonna talk about the entire porno catalog of Dustin Diamond. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Was there more than um, one? I I think so. Apparently the guy had a hog on him too. Mm. Um, that would've been so funny if he had a hog and like Zach Morris had like a micro dick. Yeah, it makes. It, I mean, it totally makes sense. Or better yet, Mario Lopez, because that guy seems like a douche. <laughs> Um, but no, we're doing a movie that 
is more on the recent side of things. So, so like how we did like Dark Knight, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. And we're doing Ben Affleck's The Town. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with The Town, but I, uh, I've seen it a few times, and it's a good movie. It, def- it definitely was like it fed into that whole like Boston thing they were doing around that time. Yeah, like so many Boston movies were coming out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, from me and Mike here at Just Like the Movies, happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you next time in the new year. So be kind, rewind, relax, and we'll see you around. Let's start with a close-up of my ass.